Jesus Christ said that if we follow him, we'll get the same treatment. Don't think that you'll be treated better than your master. A slave isn't treated better than his master, he says in chapter 15 of John. If they hated me, they'll hate you. And if they do hate you, remember they hated me first, he said. And if you experience, young people, some uh, hatred in your social set, your peer group, your age group, remember they hated Christ. Who's more conformed to this world? Who lets peer pressure drive them more? Oftentimes it's us middle-aged ones following the same value structure of this world rather than living transformed lives. So I'm not just speaking to young people when I say, if you experience some hatred from this world, remember, he was hated first. Welcome to Downtown Bible Class with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue in our study of the book of Romans. Pastor Scott brings part two of a message titled, Do Not Be Conformed. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, if that isn't enough, what God has done for you, I mean, that should be enough. But let me give you some more reasons, and of course they're not really in addition to. They're just part of what we've learned, but I want to look through Scripture and hear what God says about the world because we're to be different. We're not to be like a chameleon changing to be like everybody else, whatever circumstance we're in. We're to be distinctly different. We're not to be conformed to this world. Why? First of all, Christ died to deliver us from this world. He, di- he died to deliver us from this present evil age, it says in Galatians 1, verse 4. Um, last time, remember I said that uh, our job is not to get more from God. He's given us everything. Our job is to give to Him. And you remember I quoted that verse in, uh, I think it's the third verse of Second Peter 1, that says he has given to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. You don't need to get more from God. He has given you everything you need. But it goes on to say, look over there. I think it's good to see that one. Look over there. Second Peter. Verse 3. And then watch what verse 4 says. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. God has given us everything, okay? For by these, verse 4, He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises. He just keeps laying it on. He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises in order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature. All this is what God has dumped on us. He's lavished on us. But then read the last phrase of verse 4. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. You see, salvation isn't just God giving us. It's God giving us everything and delivering us. He's pulled us out of this stuff. He's, we've escaped the corruption that's in the year 2000 by lust. Our world is driven by lust, and we've escaped it. Christ died to deliver me from this age. To go back then and to try to always be thinking like this world, to let myself be gradually just by magazine ad after television ad after people just, you know, watching others, to just be 
driven by what they're driven by to drive their kind of car or get the latest gadget for this or just uh, value what they value to just kind of constantly be following after what this world is following after is to devalue the cross of Christ. He delivered us from this. To live for pleasure and self like the world does is to devalue the cross of Christ. Christ died to deliver us from the world. Secondly, the world is opposed to Jesus Christ. Now, he uses a lot stronger term than that. The world is opposed to Jesus Christ. This term the Scripture ends up using, the world hates, hates Jesus Christ. The spirit of this age Oh, I know it might tip its hat to Christ and say nice things about Christ, but if you really bring Christ to bear on life, people hate it. The spirit of this age says, don't bring that in. That's dangerous. The world hates. Now, you you say, really hate? Yeah, and the Bible works. Uh, it's interesting to watch the Gospel of John, for instance, kind of work its way toward that point. John begins the first chapter by saying, he was in the world, speaking of Christ, the world was made through him, and the world, what? Did not know him. That's the first statement, verse 10 of chapter 1. He was in the world, the world was made through him, the world didn't know him. Then you get to chapter 3, and Jesus said, uh, men hate the light. They love the darkness. They hate the light. He uses the term the light. But you get to chapter 7, and he says, the world hates me, <laughs> because I testify of it that its deeds are evil. They didn't know Christ. They hate the light. And chapter 7, he says, point blank, to his unbelieving brothers. The world doesn't hate you, he said. His, you know, half-brothers, brothers of Mary, or sons of Mary and Joseph, who didn't believe in him at that point. He said, the world doesn't hate you, but the world hates me, because I testify of it, that its deeds are evil. And I'll tell you something. Jesus Christ said that if we follow him, we'll get the same treatment. Don't think that you'll be treated better than your master. A slave isn't treated better than his master, he says in chapter 15 of John. If they hated me, they'll hate you. And if they do hate you, remember they hated me first, he said. And if you experience, young people, some uh, hatred in your social set, your peer group, your age group, remember they hated Christ. And when I say peer pressure, and we typically, and I typically say young people, and we were kidding about it on our camp trip, who, who's more conformed to this world? Who lets peer pressure drive them more? Oftentimes it's us middle-aged ones following the same value structure of this world rather than living transformed lives. So I'm not just speaking to young people when I say, if you experience some hatred from this world, remember, he was hated first. Third, the world is passing away. Remember that? Don't love the world, nor the things in the world. For all that's of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, is not from the Father. It's from the world. And the world is passing away, and also its lusts. But he who does the will of God abides forever. You see, the world, to hook your ship, you know, to make passage on that ship, it's to make passage on a sinking ship. The world is passing away. If you knew, I mean, you know, 
Let's say you could get in a time machine and go back to 1912 and somebody offered you free tickets on the Titanic. <laughs> You'd be a fool. Well, yeah, but there, you can get first class accommodations. They say, the whole trip is paid for. You'd say, forget it. Well, then the first day is going to be a great day. <laughs> You're going to get to hobnob, you know, with the rich and famous. Think of who's on that ship. Would you even think? You wouldn't even think. In fact, what would you do? If you had half a heart, you'd be warning people, wouldn't you? Get off this ship. Well, no, I like this ship. Get off. It's passing away, I guarantee you. More certain. I can't say more certain. That happened. I mean, that's done. You know? But just as certain. This world is passing away. Don't dream otherwise. It's passing away. This world is on a collision course with disaster. I mean, to hook up with this world and live your life with its values, don't be conformed to this world. It's passing away, Paul could say. Be different from all those around you. They're lost. You know where you're going. You've got the light of the world. Don't walk in the darkness. How blessed. Remember how the Psalter starts? How blessed is a man who doesn't just spend all his time in the world's magazines and in the world's television programs. He doesn't sit down in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And you remember how the psalm ends? The Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The world is passing away. 1 John 2, 17. Fourth, the world is ruled by Satan. Know that. He's the God of this age. He's the ruler of this world, Jesus called him three times. He owns people's hearts. He enslaves people. He deceives people into thinking that they'll find pleasure and meaning and hope in what he can offer through this world. He so owns this age that he says he can deliver it up. He's, it's up for sale. Almost. Remember when he said to Jesus, if you'll bow down and worship me, look at all these kingdoms of this world, all the government bureaucrats, all the people that die to get that cabinet appointment or whatever, or to become governor or to become president, all the people who sell their soul. He says, see all those kingdoms, Jesus? Bow down and worship me and I'll give them to you. He can deal with it. Well, he's the God of this world. He's the ruler of this world. Now, I know he's a liar. And I know he was trying to deceive our Lord. How foolish of him. And I know that maybe he couldn't deliver things. I know some of you are thinking ahead. You know, we can't base our thinking on what he said. But, you know, usually when he lies, there's a grain of truth in it. And if you sell your soul to him, he can give you quite a bit. Moses chose to follow Christ. He chose the reproach of Christ, it says in Hebrews 11, rather than the passing pleasures of sin. But the Satan, you know, the devil, he says, it's pleasurable. I'll give you pleasure. And he'll give you some. I'll give you fun. He'll give you some. There's a, there's truth to what his lies say, but uh, it's the passing pleasure of sin. This world is ruled by Satan. Remember that. You have a new king, Christian. You're in a whole different kingdom. Don't be conformed to this world. 
He's a liar. He's a murderer. He is the destroyer. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his very name, destruction, destroyer. And you look around today, Christian, you're tempted to just put your same goals as the people around you. Look around at the people. They're being destroyed from the inside out. They got their nice home and their marriage is falling apart. They've got nice, healthy kids, got the best doctoring plan, best medical plan, and the kids can't stand them. They're rebelling and going into self-destruction. Look around. Satan is in charge of this world. He rules. He blinds people to it. That's the amazing thing is that we who know so much better are, you know, susceptible to this. He deals in blindness. He deals in darkness. You know, that's what he says in Corinthians. Paul says, in whose case the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. Don't let him blind yours. I mean, he, blind, he blinds the lost ones. Don't let him blind yours. And he deals, of course, in air. But we have the spirit of truth. And if you want to contrast there, read uh, first, first John 4, verses 5 and 6. I won't take the time to look there, but First uh, John 4, 5 and 6, and think about John 8, 31 and 32. Fifth, the world is governed by lusts. It is driven. It is enslaved by lusts and desires of selfishness. And we're called out of that. Don't love the world nor the things in the world. All that's of the world. And then remember the Bible lists it, the lust of the flesh, the lusts of the eye, and the boastful pride of life. The world, the day we live in, the culture you and I exist in, it's driven by lust and desire. And so it lives for its appetites. And Jesus Christ calls us to live, not to please ourselves, but to please Him. The world is greedy and takes. We're to be giving and sharing and generous. The world bows down to money and wealth and what it represents. Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. You can't. You'll either love the one and hate the other, or you'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Matthew 6 24. And by the way, remember when Jesus told the parable about the various seed, uh, the same seed, various soils, and uh, some of the seed got sown on the thorny soil. And what did he call that? What happened there? It was the deceitfulness of riches. The worries of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, that's what Jesus said. They go together. And so people that get more and more, oftentimes it just chokes out the very life. And unbelievers hear the gospel, they know it's true, they ought to respond, but they think about all their stuff or all their money or all their career goals, and they think, I might have to give that up. And they read stories in the Bible where Jesus called people to give their possessions away, and they think, not me, I'm hanging on. And they do like that guy, they just walk away from Christ. Satan deceives and chokes out the very life before it gets started with unbelievers. Now, Christian... Can the same thing happen to you? Well, I'm not talking now about losing your salvation. Uh, if you've been with us in Romans, you know you're secure by God's grace, not by your strength, 
But yes, it's sad to see the same principle where Christians who once were bearing fruit, they were up in the sunlight and bearing fruit, they've been all choked out by thorns. And you look at their life, and it was just over a period of usually years to where materialism and the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, what looked like a blessing, has become a curse. Just like the thorns of the garden, part of the curse. Now let it happen to you. This world worships, hoards, flaunts money. Christians are to use it for God's glory. This world's women dress to entice, seduce. Christian women dress modestly and discreetly and bring glory and honor to God. This world honors and flaunts impurity. The Christian hates sin, flees immorality. This world is selfish. We're called to be selfless. This world looks on the outward, doesn't it? I mean, you think about it. And we're those who value the inward. Men, let's set the tone. We should value the inward. We should honor the inner person of the heart. That's what God says is precious. This world seeks its own. Jesus Christ calls us to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and He'll take care of everything else. This world quits. The mindset of this world is to quit, divorce. The Christian hangs in there, perseveres, and grows, and God creates beauty out of wreckage. This world drinks and gets drunk. Jesus Christ calls us to be sober and focused on what we're all about in life. This world prides itself, doesn't it, in getting the humor of the comment, the double entendre, you know, the dirty side of just about everything you say anymore. And the Christian is willing to be ridiculed for being naive and not trafficking in that kind of stuff. Don't be conformed to this world. Think about it. Think of how repulsive this world is to God. And of course, I'm not speaking here of the world that God so loved, people. I'm speaking of this world's thinking. Don't be conformed to this world. This world says... Fulfill yourself. Christ says, fulfill your ministry. Now, this world is driven by lusts. Don't you be. Don't you be. Sixth, and finally, this world was judged at Calvary. I mean, it was. The ruler of this world is going to be judged, Jesus said. How? When the Son of Man is put up on that stake the ruler of this world will be judged. And he was. He was judged at Calvary. The Holy Spirit, when he comes, he'll convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin because they don't believe in me. Righteousness because I go to be to the, with the Father. And judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. The Holy Spirit convicts people today of the truth that God judged this world at the cross. And there's yet a coming judgment. This world's sin was... Judge, this world's ruler was judged at the cross, and the believer's sin 
was put on Calvary. And Calvary is the statement of what God thinks of this world system, this Christ-defying world. And the scripture says that he's fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. I'm quoting Paul when he was speaking to the intellectuals of his day at Athens, Acts 17.31. He says, I've fixed a day, God has fixed a day, in which he'll judge the world through a man whom he has appointed. He will judge the world in righteousness. Oh, when God says, don't be conformed to this world, Christian, even as I've been speaking today, even as I've basically just been quoting what Jesus Christ and the apostles said about this world, if you've seen areas of your life that have been squeezed into this world's mold, don't just kind of think about it. It was a good sermon or whatever. Think about it. Repent. Turn loose. Renew your mind. Get in the Bible and let God ask him, Lord, transform the way I think. Get me out of this kind of worldly thinking. Don't try to be something outwardly that you're not. Inwardly, in your inner man, you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Then live that way. Don't let the world around you squeeze it into its mold. Break out of that. Cling to Christ. He'll transform you. He came to deliver you out of this present evil age. He delights in deli It's well-pleasing to him when Christians say, Lord, I want to be yours. I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present yourself to him. And maybe I'm speaking to you and you're not a Christian. Maybe even just hearing this, you've realized that fits me to the T. I am part of this world. I really don't feel comfortable when the name of Jesus Christ is brought up. I've tipped my hat to him. I'm sitting in a church after all. But maybe you've realized you really don't know Jesus Christ. I'm not telling you to clean your act up. I'm not telling you to change yourself. I'm saying come to Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and he will deliver you from this doomed age. He'll deliver you from the liar, the deceiver, the enslaver, the destroyer, Satan. He'll change you from the inside out. He'll make you a new creature in Christ. Don't put him off. You can come to him today. And you can become part of his kingdom. And you can know the joy of having your citizenship, not down here, but in heaven. And you can eagerly wait for his return. I was loving that song we were singing, weren't you? I believe in God the Father, I believe in God the Son, and I believe He's coming back. Isn't that good to know? He's coming back for us. That's what the Bible says. Heaven and earth are going to pass away, but this book won't. Everything the world values today, they usually drop tomorrow, or at least a new twist on it, you know. But this book never changes. What you give yourself to will be right, it'll be good and acceptable and perfect if you give yourself to God. You've been listening to Downtown Bible Class with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, Do Not Be Conformed, a message from our series in the Book of Romans. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to downtownbible.org. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. 
We're thrilled to announce the publication of a new book written by Pastor Scott Gilchrist. It's called A Brief Exposition of Romans. It's a 266-page chapter-by-chapter commentary on Romans that we're sure will enhance your understanding of this critical book in the New Testament. The book is available online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most other online booksellers. But during our study of Romans, we'd like to send you a copy as a thank you for a gift of any amount to the ministry of Downtown Bible. You can find us online at downtownbible.org or by mail at P.O. Box 19191, Portland, Oregon, 97280. We'd love to put this valuable resource in your hands. If you don't have a church home in the area, Pastor Scott would love to invite you to join us in person for our Sunday worship services at Southwest Bible Church. That's each Sunday morning at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at the church located at the corner of Southwest Murray and Weir Road in Beaverton. You can go to our website at swbible.org for more details. We hope to see you there. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast. Be transformed. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, today we get to look at something much more positive than not to be conformed to this world. Rather, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this word, in contrast to conformity, which is kind of being squished into, you know, and pushed by outward circumstances and peer pressure, etc., to be something that you're really not, transformation, metamorpho, it's a complete change from the inside out. It's a total, complete change. If a man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Join us again next time as we continue our series through the book of Romans. Pastor Scott begins a four-part message titled, Be Transformed. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. 